Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Beauty queen of only 18, she had some trouble with herself. He was always there to help her. She always belonged to someone else. I'm dying to I drove for over miles here. and miles and wound up at your door. This is the Super Bowl halftime preview show, right? Maroon 5. We got the uh, halftime show, right? That's that's what the, the pod is about today, right, Mike? Oh, it's the... You know, I mean, first of all, I'm not a big Maroon 5 fan whatsoever. That was a weird pick, wasn't it? It's a very weird pick. In Atlanta in particular. Yeah, yeah. This location where it is, you pick someone who's a little bit more tied to the city. I thought that was a weird selection when Maroon 5 came out. But, hey, she will be loved. I don't mind some some dislove, a little... uh, little bit of maroon five i'll sing a maroon five song or two you know yeah well we're also hey look <laughs> we're being reminded over here like travis scott and but you know like overall it, the whole the way that all went down was kind of like there was a little bit of backlash so they're like oh let's bring in a couple of local guys you know uh, a little bit more representative of the you know diversity in our city and blah 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 but i don't, I don't like it when it when it's ever like forced like that and kind of a makeshift like let's bring it together like you got to do a right right out of the gate and the nfl seems like they miss out time and time again when it comes to stuff like this but it's like they're behind you know it's it like really really is behind. now here's um, the funny thing on, on a day uh you know being thursday right before the super bowl weekend on a day like this you'd think that all the talk would be nfl but before we get into that there's a lot of yeah. news where uh, some of the headlines have actually been dominated by not the nfl both mlb and definitely nba have had made some big headlines today um, a quick remark on, on the Bryce Harper thing. I've actually been told by a friend of mine that's in, in the industry as an agent. He has a good relationship with the people over at the Boris camp who says that the Phillies deal is all but done. Funny, though, because today we hear that he's visiting with the Padres. I think that's like a, a leverage thing in a big, big way for them to be able to get those final concessions and get the deal done with Philly. I could not see him playing at Petco. That would be a career disaster. So we know that it's BS, and NBA-wise, I mean, you could fill us in on some of the big news of the day. Yeah, man. Well, we've been hearing on the Anthony Davis saga for a while now. He got fined for tampering because basically he told New Orleans, hey, I'm not going to re-up with you, so you might as well trade me now. I want to go to the Lakers is what he's really said because Rich Paul is the agent of Anthony Davis, who's also the agent of LeBron James. So uh, he'd love to get those two together to team up out here in L.A. So that, that was the first thing that happened and then so in the last couple days there's been so many different rumors about packages for davis between you know the lakers or maybe the celtics trying to do something but they're going to try to wait because they can't get davis right now based on the the contracts until they're not really able to offer a great deal for him until the off season um yeah it's actually really interesting from a contractual perspective super maxes right something like well what it is is there's a designated rookie skill for you know rookie skill play basically Davis and Irving are both designated rookie scale players and yep. teams are only allowed to acquire one by trade. So they already traded for one, which was Irving. So they got to wait to get him in two. What happens though, 
is his contract status is going to change this offseason, thereby allowing them to As trade. A free agent. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, but they could even trade for somebody that's that's in that designation yeah. if needed be, but obviously they could get him as a free agent. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens uh, with now this Now there's the rumors game. of maybe Kyrie, you know, we heard the other day Kyrie uh, apologized publicly f- uh, to LeBron. Uh, you know, Kyrie busted his way out of Cleveland, and we were all scratching our heads saying, really, you want to leave LeBron in Cleveland? And, and now he said, you know what, LeBron, I- I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was going to be this hard leading a team with a lot of young players, you know, uh, that that haven't quite been there, that aren't necessarily consistent every night. We thought Boston was going to be so great, and they've, I don't say struggled, but they haven't been that number one 65 win team that most people thought they would be this year with their team getting healthy after how well they played last year with those. Well, I, I like guys. the maturity, right? Like, hey, I'm yeah. finally in stepping into your shoes, being the guy. And that's it a big, that's that easy. Big to say, hey, I'm sorry. It's it's not that easy. Much no. respect for what you're doing. Pub- and publicly like that, after he made such a big deal, like to force his way out of Cleveland, you know, like that yeah. was a huge thing. So I mean, now, that- now with that said, I mean, you're a big Laker fan. How do you feel about what would be a mass? I would I can't call it an exodus because it's not a decision made by the players themselves, but just like shipping off the entire core that you guys have been sold on giving us patience for five years. We're going to build the, you know, for the last five years being preached patience by the organization. You're going to like what we're doing. It's a slow build. It's a rebuild LeBron. And then boom, you get rid of everybody. How do you feel if they pulled that off? See, I wouldn't like to give up the one deal that they're talking about where you'd have to give up Lonzo Ingram, Kuzma, Zubots, and a pick. I wouldn't even mind giving up two out of the three of Lonzo, Ingram, and Kuzma, but I want to keep one of those guys because they could all, they're all three going to be above average good NBA players for a while, and they still have high upside, especially Lonzo and Ingram. They're still very young. Ah, so you're, so you're, you're, fun, still, you're still but, playing but, in on Lonzo, what? Huh? Oh, yeah. Well, because right, the one thing that people just don't give enough credit for when they're, when they're judging these young guys is, Lonzo and Ingram are incredible defenders right now. Like, they don't have to improve at all offensively, and they're already the top-tier defensive players at their spots. I mean, what Lonzo does on the court with, like, plus-minus and on and offs defensively, it's unbelievable. And that was what was frustrating with all the injuries for the Lakers this year is that when things were so well for them, they were in the four seed, sneaking into the three seed, beating up on Golden State on Christmas Day, and their defense was very good all throughout the year. So that's what made you know me think this is a team that could sustain this because defensively they're not they're always going to be in games. But what's funny, as uh, you were mentioning, Mike, if the, if that trade w- were to go through where the Lakers were to trade Lonzo Ingram, Kuzma, Zubots, and a pick, the Pelicans could start could have a starting lineup. That would be literally Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, Randall, and Zubak. Lakers, <laughs> All former Lakers. Lakers. And, then, and then the Lakers would have a, a lineup that would be something like Rondo, KCP, LeBron, Anthony Davis. And then the talk now is with DeAndre Jordan and Wes Matthews going to the Knicks in a trade. They're going to be buyout contenders and go to a team – that just is going to pick them up for the rest of the year because they had expiring contracts. So it's very likely that you'll see 
guy like DeAndre Jordan and Wes Matthews end up on the Lakers, especially if they make that trade because they're just going to need cheap bodies to play. They're going to have to go get Carmelo too, even though you don't want him. So like the Lakers would have, you know, Wes Matthews, Lance Stevenson, JaVale, Tyson Chandler, Carmelo, Michael Beasley, all like it would just be a weird hodgepodge until hopefully the offseason where they try to go get Kyrie. Yeah, um, I don't like hodgepodges. I don't either. Uh, normally, hey, let's let's now just speak as fans, okay? Just as fans, you and I. Have you ever had a favorite player growing up or recently that's like come over in a trade? I guess where I'm going with this is no. I've always liked the homegrown and, guys, and like your Dodger, like with your Dodgers, for example. Yep. The guys that have come up through the organization end up being like your like. Kershaw, guys like that, you you really love them. Or Kobe over Shaquille, right? It's because Kobe's a true Laker through and through. Forever. You know, so and if you have a team that's entirely made up of just— They're harder to root for. Isn't I mean, it? And they're, they're more polarizing because what, what ends up happening— And it's weird nowadays because what, what happens— What's happened nowadays, especially with a lot of the young— and I'm saying younger, and I'm, I'm not the oldest guy in the world, but the people younger than me— I don't see as many people rooting for teams as much as they root for players now, you know, and it seems like people are a lot less loyal to the teams they root for and they just kind of follow and root for, you know, the, the players that they like. And I, I, I don't like that. You know, I think there are some players when they go to opposite way, you know, opposite teams, you always kind of have a special place for them, see people that you watch grow up and you'll root for them to do well when they're not playing against your team, you know, uh, but I I'm with you. I would. I would hate to give up all of these guys because I just we've we've grown and we've seen them, and that's what what's frustrating about these Laker guys is I think because the Lakers are kind of like hated around the league, and uh, they've been a team that has been like in the past thought that they took advantage of trades like Pau Gasol and stuff like that. Um, there, I think the general consensus on a lot of their young guys now is super down, which is funny. Uh, because if you look at Boston's young guys, like they haven't really improved a lot. Like I, I was looking at a lot of metrics that were comparing, you know, Tatum with Kuzma and Ingram and uh, and Lonzo and like some of their games. And Jalen Brown hasn't really gotten that much better. So I think a lot of it is just, um, you know, Mike, more than anyone, it's what talk coming from one camp, talk coming from one camp because people have their agendas, you know. And they're kind of releasing some here, releasing some here. This is getting really fun right now. Like you said, in a week where the Super Bowl is normally taking, you know, all the discussion and who did something weird on Radio Row or who said something that's going to be some, you know, uh, some um, chalkboard material for the opposite team. We're, we're not really talking a whole lot about just today in particular. And then the no, and, and it's kind of like coast to coast too, right? Because you got you got the Knicks involved, obviously losing out on their homegrown guy, Porzingis, who was a very, very hated draft pick when he first came, uh, you know, his name was first announced to, you know, maybe one of the more beloved guys, you know, on the Knicks, the only bright spot on the Knicks for the last few years. You've got, the, you know, Dallas and, and big old Texas involved. you got the Lakers with these rumors obviously involved. So it's kind of a coast-to-coast discussion. Right, uh, the NBA is dominated. And I think it's, it's because of what West, you said, yeah. though. Yeah, I think it's because of what you said, though, because it's become so much more of a player-driven league. It's always been more of a player-driven league than the NFL, but I think now more than ever because the NFL is all about the shield, and you don't get to even see what these players look like majority of the time. No, and it, it's a favorite a, player, it, too. So you don't identify with them in the same way that you do with NBA players. So, so hey, props to the too. NBA for uh, you know figuring out a way to um, – you know, timing wise and everything to, to, to have this all line up. 
during the biggest week of the of the NFL season. So uh, I, I'm sure they they don't mind kind of jabbing the NFL uh, in a the ribs here a little bit here and there, but. Uh, you know, NFL like, gets them in the ratings, so you know, <laughs> they, yeah, they don't, they don't mind. But it is funny that the buzz, like you're saying, as we'll transition and start talking about the game in a second, we have a couple of really great guests coming on today, too, Mike, um, with David Gascon gonna be joining us first, Tony Neville, and then Monique. So uh, we'll be talking. Well, what's great is just about the the big game in just different ways, just breaking it down from you in, in different aspects. You know, we can talk. Uh, to David, who covers it, you know, from like a radio perspective and covers it from all angles. And we'll talk to Tony from, you know, the director of the race and sports book at Treasure Island, who will kind of give us the, the lay of the land and what things are like o- over at Vegas. And then yeah, because w- word has been that the early money has been on, on the Pats. Right. So um, to me, I'm cur- kind of curious, has there been some money trickling in on the Rams, especially being so close to L.A., Vegas and L.A. are just a short, you know, four, four hour drive apart. Um, Did you go also, prop diving? You know, um, I, I haven't spent a lot of time on it, to be honest. I got a few. I got a few for you. And okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some. And, and I'm curious to hear the, the revised line on, on, on the girly as MVP, but we'll save that for our prop discussion as well. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it, to me, the Vegas aspect is really, really fascinating. I'm also curious to find out, you know, kind of how how the dollars have lined up this year versus last year. The main oh, difference yeah. being that maybe some East coasters would have come to Vegas for the Super Bowl. They don't have to anymore because they can make wagers in New Jersey and in a bunch of East coast States, you know, five or six, or however many that are, that are legal right now. So I'm kind of wondering how the handle is, is it similar? Is it dissimilar? So there's, there'll be a lot of stuff. And if anybody out there has any questions listening live right now, please feel free to fire away either, you know, call the show or send a tweet. We'll keep our eye out on it and uh, try to get in any of the questions that you may have. Yeah, just uh, we're not going to talk a whole lot about it. But for those of uh, you out there that are like horse racing fans, too, this is actually a really quietly big weekend for the prep races. There are six of them between the Derby and the Oaks that are prep races this weekend worth Kentucky Derby points. Yeah, so, I took a peek at the Holy Bull. What do you, you think of that? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have some uh, videos coming out, but I think... That um, uh, Mijos is going to be re- pretty tough. I-, I think he's the one. Like Maximus Mischief is going to be tough, but I think might might need a race. I think Mijos is probably the horse to bet in that race. Might be the now horse, whereas Maximus Mischief maybe a little bit down the line. Uh, there's going to be the Withers where Moretti should be tough. Uh, we're also going to have the Bob Lewis out here. Gunmetal Gray will be the like, headliner in there, and then there'll be three Philly races: one at Oaklawn. Um, one at uh, Aqueduct on Sunday, and then also down at Gulfstream Park. So yeah, six different races this weekend. That yeah, and, and my gut, by the way, tells me that th- we will not see the 2019 Kentucky Derby winner in Florida this weekend. Yeah, and that's just what, what my gut tells me about. And uh, there's actually some of the big guns in Florida that are going to be waiting for the Fountain of Youth, and so yep. and so that 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 race is going to be loaded. I imagine they're going to kind of have to spread out a little bit because there are going to be four or five horses coming back for that fountain of youth that look really, really good. Um, so just a, a little horse racing tidbit. I'll probably put something out tomorrow, either uh, a video for past the wire or even just something like an audio clip where I go through, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out one of those. So, but I'll, uh, I'll definitely touch on the, on those prep races and, and get them out. So a big weekend, man, with the Super Bowl, with the, I mean, the NBA trade deadline now, everyone's going to be keeping their eye on what's happening with Anthony Davis over the next week or so. And then with the 
the biggest event in all of sports on Sunday. Just another, it's funny, we, we sound like broken records, we're always talking about what another big week it is, but it just keeps rolling, and I think in this day and age with the, the coverage and social media and stuff, it's like the big events just seem even bigger. Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, once again, I'm very curious to see if Bryce Harper ends up signing with the Phillies this weekend and if the Padres uh, kind of conversation is a little bit of a decoy. But let's shift back to the Super Bowl. Let's bring in our first guest for a quick few moments before we get to our first commercial break, and then we'll get into the nuts and bolts of the game. He's a friend of the show. He's been on with us a couple times before. We love him over here. David Gascon from Fox Sports Radio and many other uh, media outlets you could find him at because he's a wanted guy. David. Good afternoon. How hey, are David. you, buddy? What's going on, fellas? How's everything going with you? Everything's going hey, fantastic. Hey. So let's get in a couple of quick questions. Pick your brain for a little bit uh, before we get to our first commercial. Did you hear the uh, stat on the ratings for the conference championship games? I heard that the Patriots-Chiefs game had four times the viewership in L.A., than the Rams Saints game had in LA. Yeah, I did. I was surprised by it too. But that's just the uh, that's the nature of the beast, though, right? Because uh, obviously, with San Diego, LA, Orange County, transplant towns, and so I mean, you get a lot of folks that have migrated from the East Coast that are out here now, and of course, the, the Boston connection here, and, and and getting everything that you want with with Kansas City, which is fresh and new. Uh, especially deep in the postseason. I wasn't too surprised by it, especially with the Rams and where they're at right now in the community. I mean, the reality is I mean, this is still a Raiders town. It's Raiders first, and then maybe it's Rams, and then Chargers after that. Yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of, like, flags on cars and, you know, the things that we'll see when the Lakers, you know, are in the playoffs or making a deep run or the Dodgers not kind of getting that same vibe yet so far. Maybe it takes a couple more years to get there. Before we really dive into the game, though, David, let's take our first commercial break right now and we'll come back with David Gaskin from Fox Sports and we'll be talking all things Super Bowl 53. Stay with us. We will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. 
He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps, on and off the field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. We are here talking with David from Fox Sports. Super Bowl time. We're talking props through uh, the break there. And, that David, that's just a lot of fun as we kind of dive into this game and we'll go through some of the analysis and stuff. Is just not only can you play, you know, all the different players uh, specifically over-unders on their totals, catches, yards, who's going to score touchdowns, this and that, but we're talking about the National Anthem, the Super Bowl, what color Gatorade are they pouring on, how many times do they mention Sean McVay's age. I mean, we can bet on anything in this game now. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty wild. I mean, the coin toss is always a fun one, right? I mean, heads or tails, you get the uh, your minus 10 one way or the other. I think the most interesting one that I've seen throughout the week was um, uh, which half was going to have the biggest point total, first half or second half, and, and I'd seen on a couple different uh, sites what New England has done in the opening half, or at least the opening quarter against their opponents in the Super Bowl, and they've been pretty slow to start. Um, if you remember that, the matchup against Carolina when they had Jake DeLome and, and Terrell Owens and Steve Smith, or excuse me, Terrell Owens, uh, Steve Smith and Masih Muhammad, like those guys started off really, really slow, and then the second half, both teams got going. So there's a couple I'm, I'm interested about. Obviously, I, the national anthem will certainly be one of them. Um, I would imagine how many times they uh, they reference Tony Romo identifying a player or whatnot, because I'm sure that total is going to be pretty high too. Yeah, and you don't even have to go uh, that far back, David, when it comes to the uh, Patriots' slow starts against the Falcons just a couple years ago. They uh, yeah. obviously got off to a historically, uh, well, historic second half when they when they came back. So that's a really interesting one. I'm glad that you uh, cued us in on that. Hopefully some listeners. Actually, we've got a few listeners that are loyal to the show that are in Vegas that uh, sent me messages letting us know that they are going to be listening from out there. So that's Joey, you right? Out there, Joey you know, Q? Yeah, well, it, it, it was amongst many, and uh, I'm I'm thinking that that might be a good one to go lay a few bucks down on this game. Is that your favorite one, David? I think so. That one, and uh, a buddy of mine has always been big on the on the field goal prop bet, which is usually tapered at three and a half. Um, you know, in, in a game like this, uh, points are going to be at a premium, but they're not. I, I don't think either head coach and you know, Owen McVay is probably a little bit more. Um, aggressive than Belichick is when it comes to those third down or fourth down short situations, but I still think they're going to like to take points and not get cute with it because they know their offenses can get the football back and move right down the field. So I, I do like the field goal prop, especially because you know Goskowski and Greg Zerline. I mean, shoot, Zerline hit the, the 57-yarder a couple weeks ago in the NFC Championship game, so he's got great range. So 
Uh, I mean, for that alone, I think that is probably my favorite. If you could see both kickers connecting on two field goals, uh, that's the one I would hammer away on. So we're looking at like two and a half most places. Two, I don't think it's crept up to three quite yet um, with the uh, the Pats as the favorite. What are just your, your overall thoughts? Um, like, How do you see this game breaking down and kind of which side are, are you leaning towards right now? Three is always like the dangerous number, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, the, the thing is, for, for me, like what we usually do at Fox is that before the season starts is that um, we have the entire staff that will list um, AFC winner, NFC winner, Super Bowl champ, um, a league MVP, worst team in the league, and then like a team that you think is going to go out on a limb and do either really good or really bad. Well, I almost ran the table. I had... Kansas City winning the AFC is like my out on the limb. I had them in the as the AFC representative, but I also had the Rams. I had the Rams win the NFC, but I had the Rams winning it all. So because I had them to start the year, I can't Gotta fail on them, them now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit on the on the Rams right now. The one thing that gives me a little bit of doubt, and it, it kind of goes back to what we've seen like in college with Chris Peterson when he was at Boise State or Urban Meyer, some of these guys, is that if you give them additional days off, they can prepare like no other. So with Belichick, that's the one area that I am worried about because he could scheme like nobody else in the National Football League. So, I mean, the Rams are balanced. That's the one thing I like in their favor is that they can go ground and pound against anybody in the National Football League, and they got two backs that can get it done. Uh, but, of course, they can air it out. So it's not like New England can just take away one threat. They're going to have to take away a couple or play how they played in the uh, AFC Championship game where they ate up uh, the majority of the first half and then forced Kansas City to play hurry up in the third and fourth quarters. You know, and the interesting thing about the uh, two weeks, and I know that there was a, a, a period of time where it went to one, but most of the time it's been a two-week time period. You would think that with Belichick, two weeks, unbeatable. And as many accolades as as Bill Belichick and Tom Brady get much deserved, they are five and three. So they're not unbeatable in the Super Bowl. And I find it really fascinating when you look at the NBA and people are talking about the all time greats and they point to Michael Jordan and say he was six to no. And LeBron is kind of the quantity guy, but he doesn't have that perfect mark. In your mind, why is it that Brady uh, has so far leaped so far ahead of Joe Montana, who is that Michael Jordan equivalent Montana, you know, four and own Super Bowls and Brady's five and three. What, what are your thoughts about, you know, Brady, his legacy? Um, is it just one of those things because of the salary cap era and things of that nature, which makes it really, really difficult. And maybe Montana didn't have to go through, you know, um, a lot of turnover throughout the league as Brady's kind of had to deal with. What are your thoughts about that? Well, first things first is that they, they're both, they have played or they are playing with, with Hall of Fame coaches. So, like, you figure with Montana in San Francisco, he had Bill Walsh. And Brady in New England, he's got Belichick. So you're talking about, like, the elite of the elite head coaches in all of professional sports. With that being said, the game has changed so much, so drastically over the last 10 to 15 years, that if you put a guy like... Montana, and I, I have always thought, for all intents and purposes, when you rank all-time quarterbacks, I, I think John Elway is the best of all time. 
Um, but if you put Montana, Elway, Jim Kelly, Troy Aikman, Dan Marino in this era, they would dominate the league. I mean, you have guys like Ryan Tannehill passing for 4,000 yards a season when, <laughs> when Marino was doing that in the 80s. And those were, those were unthinkable numbers that Marino was putting up back in the day. So for, for what people are giving Brady praise for, I completely understand and I get it. We saw what happened to Peyton Manning when he fell off the map and he was a couple years younger. Brady's taking care of his body. He's been upright. But the game has changed so much that you're not allowed to hit these guys and so what New England has done with Belichick, with McDaniels as the offensive coordinator, with Brady at quarterback, is they have not only evolved, but they've also made it where it's almost, it, it's almost impossible to get to him because he's getting rid of the football so quickly. I mean, you look at what happened to the Colts this year. Andrew Luck was one of the most sacked quarterbacks a couple of years ago, and part of the reason was, was he held on to the football so long. This season, he had 39 touchdown passes, and he got rid of the rock relatively quickly that guys weren't getting to him at all. And so with New England, that's been a staple of their game is quick passing attacks, going underneath, taking a shot occasionally, dumping it off to your running backs, and it doesn't matter if it's James White, Sonny Michelle, whoever it may be, and then, of course, playing some decent defense or allowing the other team to make a mistake in front of you. So I guess going back to your original question, I, I can't compare the two because, yeah, Montana was 4-0, and he was perfect in the Super Bowl, never lost, but he did break down physically, whereas Brady has not. But then Great again, point. Brady hasn't yeah. been hit as hard and as often as Montana, Montana has or as Elway has or as, as some of these guys in, in their, their primes in the 80s and 90s. So um, the game's just changed so much. I think that goes you know, hand-in-hand with the, with the NBA, too. I mean, guys like Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Charles Barkley, Shaq, like these guys now, if you blow on James Harden, not only does he fall over, but you might be called for a flagrant one, maybe even a flagrant <laughs> two. So, like, dudes going to the free throw line 15, 16, 17 times a game. That is just asinine for me to, like, fathom. But that's the day that we live in now. And if you look at Major League Baseball, you can't pitch inside. You can't pitch up and in. You can't back anybody off home plate. So, the game has changed to keep the top two talent on the field, on the court, uh, whatever it may be. Because it's all about the scoring. Yeah. yeah, it's all about the scoring now. You know, that's right. a fantastic analysis. I love your answer. Totally agree with you about what you said about the quarterbacks from yesteryear, Marino and Elway. To me, those are like my one-two, uh, Montana top five. Couldn't agree with you anymore. David, hey, before we let you go, why don't you leave us with a final score in this game? Man, I, so... It's dangerous, but I'm going to do it. I I stuck with them all season long. I mean, I'm not a Rams guy, but I thought they would go over the hump this year because they they went all in with with the free agency and signed a bunch of guys to one-year contracts. Um, I think it's going to be a firefight, but I I think the I think the Rams are going to win it. Um, I think the final score is going to be LA 34, New England 30. There you have it, nice. folks. The Ramily. The Ramily. Yep. We love it. <laughs> Outstanding analysis. We love having you on, David. Listen to David on Fox Sports. Check him out on Twitter. We'll retweet all his information. Thank you for joining us, my man. Hope you uh, Thanks, end up winning your, your Fox Sports pools or, or however you guys had it set up so that you can uh, be crowned the king of the NFL this year. Thanks, David. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for the invites. And, uh, yeah, good luck on the prop bets on Sunday, too.
I appreciate that, my man. Let's keep it moving here and get to our next guest straight from Las Vegas. Friend of the show also, Tony Neville, sports, race and sportsbook director from Treasure Island. Tony, good afternoon. Hey, How Tony. are you, my friend? Good afternoon, and it's starting to cloud up here in Las Vegas as we get ready for this big weekend. Lots of rain blowing in in Southern California. Supposed to be pretty nice here uh, after tonight and then clouding back up again on Sunday. So it's going to be great football weather here in the Valley. But I'm guessing it's really sunny in that sports book there. <laughs> Gino and I have so many yeah. questions, so we're going to just start firing away. Let's start with the obvious question. How is the handle so far? Is it meeting your expectations? And maybe you could answer that in light of the legislation which has allowed wagering in other states outside of Nevada. Give us the lowdown. Okay, well, the wagering so far is clicking up on the Patriot side with the point spread. Uh, initially, the game opened uh, around town uh, anywhere from one to one and a half. The Rams eventually stopped at two and a half on the Patriots. We opened at pick here at the Treasure Island. We're currently sitting with the Pats at minus two and a half points. We're about uh, 20 times heavier on the Patriots at this point than we are on the Rams. Conversely, wow. uh, we're about 15 times heavier on the Rams on the money line as opposed to the money on the Patriots on the money line. And it's going to continue to grow. Typically here at Treasure Island, our guests start arriving on Thursday. We'll get plenty of play Friday, Saturday, and then it'll all culminate between uh, 9 a.m. and 3.30 p.m. We'll have uh, betting windows outside the Mystere Theater where we'll also be broadcasting the game as well as our new race and sports uh, uh, bar here. We have a Golden Circle bar here at the Treasure Island, which is a new addition since last year. And of course, we'll have about 150 to 200 people inside the race and sports book area here at TI. Let's talk. We were talking with uh, our earlier guest, David. For so many people now, the the fun part about wagering on the Super Bowl is the wagering menu now. And just talk about how in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, this wagering menu has changed to where, you know, you're not just able to play the uh, one side of the game and the over-under anymore. You can wager on just about anything that's going to go down in the, uh, in, in the statistics and, and in the, uh, the scorecard there at Vegas. Well, one of the things that we found here early on in, in my career here in Nevada, uh, it was pretty much cookie cutter. It was going to be the side, the money line, the first half and the second half. Then we began doing the parlay cards, which asked questions like more points scored in the first half or the second half and overtime. And now that we, especially the last five to seven years, now that we've seen just more and more people taking interest in the Super Bowl, whether or not they're an amateur better or a professional better, we have now expanded that menu so that no matter what you're interested in, we have some guests that want to bet the coin flip, and as soon as the coins flip, they walk outside the game, they go back and play slot machines or craps or blackjack, but then we have some of the other props that will ask the question, what's going to happen in a specific quarter? Uh, will, you know, how many penalties will take place in the first half over or under? Uh, how many uh, times will the head coach uh, throw 
the red flag out to challenge uh, a specific call on the field. So each year it, it, it seems like an additional 50 to 100 props, and they cover not only the game itself, it may bleed into one of the other professional leagues. It maybe it bleeds into a, a statistic with the hockey games or maybe a statistic uh, with some of the players or the teams uh, around uh, scoring points, rebounds, turnovers, things like that in the uh, professional basketball league. Have you had any special requests? Any of your maybe loyal or your uh, regular patrons come in and say, hey, you know, I don't see this on your sheet or on your board. I'd like to bet on so-and-so. Would you guys consider it? Have you had any requests like that this year? Uh, so far, we haven't. Again, the majority of our folks start coming uh, today. Most of the wager we have taken uh, since a week ago have been from the professional bettors, uh, the ones that have uh, bought into either the point spread, the money line, or the ones that have bet the props early on. Uh, we'll have a group of folks that will be flying in here to Treasure Island, but I'd say probably about 65 to 70% of our guests will be driving in from California this weekend, from Arizona, or from Utah. And with the proliferation of gaming that we're seeing nationwide, uh, it's only going to create more and more interest, uh, not only into the wagering, but into the different types of props. And one of the things that we do not have currently at Treasure Island, which some of the other locations has, has been the in-progress wagering. And that uh, can be something that can generate you revenue, or it can deplete uh, the revenue side and actually put you in the red. And a lot of it's been happening uh, away from the Super Bowl, for instance. Uh, the Golden State team has been fleecing uh, a lot of the bookmakers here in town. They'll get down 10 or 15 points. And, of course, once they uh, do the in-progress and adjust the betting line on the game uh, or the money line on the game, uh, people have been destroying the bookmakers out here in Nevada with the in-progress wagering. So there's been a lot of changes. There's going to continue to be a lot of changes. And, and we're just extremely excited that this weekend will be uh, right there at either our biggest or second largest event, probably only second or first to our March Madness, which will be another 60 days down the road. Yeah, and Gino and I were there smack dab in the middle of the sports book for last March Madness, and we had a show out of there, and we had a great time. And I'll tell you, any of the listeners out there, when you're trying to figure out which sports book to go to in Las Vegas, I'm not just saying this because Tony is on our show right now, but Treasure Island, Las Vegas, it's very accommodating, very comfortable sports book, great layout, uh, staff is awesome. Uh, you were talking about in-game wagering, uh, something that's going to you know, come down the pipe maybe uh, in, a, in a few months or so. Uh, out the door here, quick question for you. Halftime lines, because I know that's something that you guys do do, and it's kind of a, a relative of the in-game wagering. When you guys set that halftime line, is that more so about getting people that have made wagers on the game, they ain't going their way to chase after that? Or is it more of a true, like we think that this is, you know, a, a, a prediction, if you will, on the second half of the game. Well, it's, it's kind of a big mixture of everything you just discussed. You remember the reality of this whole thing is every one of the bookmakers here is actually kind of a gambler, and, and not to be using that term loosely, gambler, in that we're here to protect the investment of the 
owners or the corporations that have entrusted this responsibility to us. So it may be that the halftime number is to help us to alleviate some of the pain should it look like we're coming in on the short side of the stick, or at the same time, it may allow us to put up a number that may allow us to win not only the game, but the halftime too. So for each location and each company, it's going to be different because depending on which part of the country you're in or or which location you are here on the Las Vegas Strip, uh, it will foretell you after doing the we have a, the ability to do a what if segment whereas what ha, what will happen if the score is such and such and such and such whether the game will be the rams and over patriots and over rams and under patriots and under then we have to kind of funnel in how many points it would take to reach the over under from where we stand at halftime so all of that is used to come to a number that we all feel comfortable with, but you will not see the same numbers at every one of the locations. You may see a three, uh, you may see a two and a half in money at halftime. You may see pick them at halftime with a money line, maybe pick minus a half a dollar. And then, of course, uh, depending on how loose or how tight they play, we'll probably determine whether we use a 27 and a half 28 at halftime, and nobody really knows except for the coaches what the game plan is going to look like, but there is some uh, sentiment here in our Valley of the Desert here in Las Vegas that the Los Angeles Rams are going to play very, very tight and will be looking to use as much of the clock and the running game, and that's why we've had uh, a bigger run on the under. We're now sitting at 56.5 on the total points, Mike. Fascinating information. Tony, thank you very much. We love having you on, and maybe we'll be in touch about teaming up again for March Madness. Appreciate well, you coming forward. on. There's this. a lot of great teams. I just finished watching Nevada, Reno, Dismantle, the uh, Running Rebels of Las Vegas. And, folks, if you're out there, if you hadn't seen Nevada, Reno play, watch them. They look NBA. They're a good team. They crushed my USC Trojans earlier on in the year. Tony, thanks a lot. So nice talking to you. It's always my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. Let's take our uh, last commercial break, and we'll be back with the Parlay Queen, Monique, from Covers.com. Stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, Right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel. 
Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Mike, we got to give a big, big shout out and a big thank you to the Parlay Queen, Monique, for coming on with us every week throughout the football season, giving us selections. Uh, I know with uh, covers and ABR, giving us nice uh, retweets and helping us out on social media, too. So, Monique, we really appreciate it. Everybody always looks forward to the final segment of our show because they knew each and every week that you were going to come on and give us some selections. So now... uh, our menu and our options are a little bit bigger for this game. Yeah, it's the best part of the Super Bowl, in my opinion, is just being able to bet on actually everything. <laughs> I mean, how can you complain with that? It's it's an awesome year. And honestly, I've been really impressed with the cross-market sports ones. So, I mean, I just put out an article as well, and it was uh, cross-sport Super Bowl props. And it's crazy to think that you can bet on everything from college ball to someone's receptions to points in the game to everything. Just those head-to-heads are just amazing. Now, when so, you say cross-sports, is that like – you know, Steph Curry, I got more two of them points, for you right here. or, got- you know, like that type of thing, or, you know, more yards for Gurley, that type of stuff? No, yeah, me, like uh, R.J. Barrett, Williamson, and Reddish total points versus the Super Bowl total points, uh, Irving points versus OKC versus That's mine. completions. That's one of mine. Wow. <laughs> These are fascinating. So how about this one, Monique? The Knicks win total in 2019 versus Tom Brady completions in the Super Bowl. You have to lay 250 for Brady completions. But, I mean, the Knicks, they just traded Porzingis. They're trying to tank. I, I don't think they can possibly win even 10 more games the rest of the year. So even if they got to 20, I think you're going to get Brady to get 25. I think that's, you know, at minus 250, I don't like laying that big. But with a lot of these props, you're going to have to lay a little bit of money. That's true. And, yeah, you're getting at least. 25 with Brady you could even get as close to maybe not 35 but who knows with how sure with the shape it's projected to be yeah well, I don't want to wait that long I don't I would definitely don't want to wait that long what are some of the, the ones that I could cash on Sunday night or Monday I really like uh, Paul George total made threes versus Gronkowski receptions. Um, I think, you know what, I've seen Gronkowski receptions at three and a half, and Paul George has just been shooting lights out recently, especially from beyond the arc. I like that one. Uh, the, the Barrett Williamson reddish points, uh, I mean, they're good for quite a few points. I feel like they're going to be putting up at least 50 as a trio. Uh, there's just so many good ones. There, I mean, here's another now one I know for what you. you're doing tonight. Here's another one for you. Ky- uh, Kyrie Irving points versus the Thunder 
against Rex Burkhead rushing yards in the Super Bowl. Minus 120 each side. I'm going to go to the Kyrie side. If you look at Burkhead's 10 games this year, his rushing yards, 64, then 20, 20, 22, 25, 39, 14, 12, and 41. The 41 game was also in an overtime I think that Kyrie is going to get around 25 points. And I think with Sony Michelle and with James White, that there's less likelihood of Burkhead popping off a big run. So that, that's one that I'm, I would lean to, too, Mike, that you could cash, you know, after the Super Bowl. So that, that, that's rushing only, not, not total, rushing only, like not that's receiving. The key, not okay. receiving. Because, you know, with Burkhead, you get some receptions, you get some receiving. That's what I was thinking. Yep. But I know, Monique, you and I are both thinking that it might be more of like a Sony Michelle and James White game because I know one of your uh, one of your props that you like is also against Burkhead. Yeah, and it's Burkhead uh, 14 and a half receiving yards. I like the under. He's only had 14 receptions through 20 targets this season and like you said, I just don't see it being much of a factor in either the rush or receiving games and I think, yeah, I mean, with Kyrie in particular, uh, last time they played last time they played OKC, he was pretty, it was pretty well held and contained. Uh, they only held him to uh, 6 of 13 shooting for 15 points. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty low. I don't expect him to score that many, but like you said with Burkhead, I don't think he'll be much of a factor either way. So I like that one too. This is the one that people are talking a lot about. How many times will the broadcast mention Sean McVay's age? I mean, I think it's got the over-unders one and a half that I saw. And the one and a half, again, if you if you go over, you're going to be laying like 270 versus the under plus 180. But I think it's, it's doesn't it feel like they're going to have to at least say twice that he's 33 years old, you know, or 32? Like they're going to mention that age, I think, at least two two times actually mention it. Is that one that I feel like is a, is a layup, is a gimme? It depends with, with exactly what that means. If that's like a comparison to him and Belichick in terms of age, if that would count, or if it's a specific wording that I, they, they use. Meant- but that's the problem with some of those gimmicky props. You, unless it really states specifically what it is, you got to be a little careful on those. Yeah, and, and they all differ, too. At some point, like It's not like uniform, where like each wage, each site, or wherever you're playing can have specific fine print. So that's a really good point, Monique. And, and sure. when does that start, by the way? Like when, when uh, you know, when, when, when the, Romo's when talking kickoff. right before no, the, when the kickoff. kickoff. Actual okay. kickoff. Okay. Kickoff starts to final play of the game. So in between, um, in between the game. Um, here's another one, Monique, that I thought was kind of interesting. Who will be the first team penalized for holding? I think it's so weird that this is not just even. Because, I, you know, I looked it up. These teams are both... In the top 10 in penalties per game, they were not very penalized. They were 6th and ninth in the league. The Pats are minus 110. The Rams are minus 130. I mean, I feel like if you're not just getting, like, if you're getting any kind of an advantage, you would take the other team here because this is such a crapshoot. I mean, anyone can get a holding call or a pass interference call against them in the first drive. That's true. It also depends on if you're going to defer the ball or if any team potentially has incentives to take the ball first. Maybe, maybe they assume the Pats would take the ball if they get the option and not defer. I, I mean, I don't know. That would be weird because you're completely right. That should be just a minus 110, minus 110. I'm surprised it's, it's juiced one way or another. And that's for, yeah, for holding and for, uh, and for pass interference. So those are some of the ones that I thought were, were interesting. Um, what are a couple of the other ones that you like, Monique? I like Jared Goff over 24 and a half completions. 
He's been really accurate all year, completing 64.9% of his passes. He's had 10 or more games with 20 or more completions. I think he's going to have a lot of success versus the Patriots defense, ranked 22nd in passing yards. And I guess the way I see the game playing out, while I haven't really locked in the side just yet, I feel like if there's going to be a team leading big, it's going to be the Pats. And just, I feel like the Rams, if they're going to have much success, they need to have success through the passing game. So I definitely like that one with his completions. And then you have one more uh, on the Pat, or actually a couple more, uh, the uh, one Pats receiver that you like. Yeah, I'm liking Chris Hogan. His total is two and a half receptions. Uh, he had last in last year's Super Bowl, he had six receptions through eight targets for 128 yards. Um, I think obviously the total is two and a half for a reason. I don't think he's going to get that many targets. But with Roby Coleman covering Edelman, Hogan might be open quite a bit. I feel like Gronk. No matter how healthy he is, you still have to be covering him at all times. And I think there's, even if you want to bet him to score a touchdown, I think the Pats are going to put up quite a few points. And I think there's a lot of value at 2-1 to one on some books to get him to record a touchdown. Yeah, and, and uh, we only have a couple minutes left, so we have to be quick on this. But I love that you have the highest scoring half as the second, Monique, because the, the Patriots' most recent scoring in the Super Bowl in the first quarter Zero, 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 and three. Yeah, that's an insane stat to think about. And wouldn't we re- even realize that unless we saw that tweet, which was an amazing bit of information. But yeah, the Rams have also done their best in the second half of games. And we know how dominant the Pats were in orchestrating their Super Bowl comeback last year. Uh, yeah, like you said, they've started off really slow. And we all know what they can do at halftime with the offensive adjustments. So I feel like knowing that the first quarter is probably going to be really low scoring and also having the option to potentially hedge at halftime is always great if you're going to be making a wager on one of these where it's dependent on one of two sides. So I definitely like second half being more high scoring. At Parlay Queen on Twitter. You can make sure to follow her the next couple days. There will be lots coming out. Monique, thank you so, so much. We'll bring you back in a, a couple weeks. We'll talk about college basketball and we'll kind of recap everything that went down in the NFL. Sounds great. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been an amazing year, and hopefully we can all cash super big in the Super Bowl. Thanks, Thank Monique. you so much, Monique. Awesome, Mike. So we have Thanks, like 60 guys. seconds left, Mikey. Let's get quick predictions for me. Rams 31, Pats 27, just like David. I had the Rams preseason as a Super Bowl pick. Can't change it now. I think it'll be an awesome back-and-forth game that's going to come down to like a, a final drive. Yeah, I, I, I kind of see it being a pretty closely contested game as well. I have New England winning by five points. So I was kind of thinking that 31-26 range. So it's kind of cool. very close to your score just to flipped around. Um, a, a couple prop bets I'll quickly mention. If the Rams do win, I like Gurley at plus uh, 1,000, 1,100. It's been as high as, I think, 1,600 in some it's books. It's great. So you should shop around for that one. I think if they're going to win, they're going to need Gurley to get back on track. I also, every year, like to play the over on sacks and the over on INTs. Look, if you're behind, you're going to be throwing the ball like crazy. So a lot of times, the losing quarterback himself throws a couple of picks. Usually, that line's like around one and a half. Sacks is usually around four and a half. I like over on both of those. So that's kind of where I stand with the Super Bowl, man. But best of luck for you. You're the Rams fan. I know you want to see this happen, and that's been your call and, from the beginning of I the year. What you mentioned earlier, we're talking to David, this will be huge for the city of LA and just kind of like the Rams moving forward. If you could win a Super Bowl right now, it's going to get a lot of people back on that Rams bandwagon going forward, and they're going to move up in the rankings and like the, the places to be in LA. Without a doubt. 
Thank you for listening, everyone. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Have a tremendous sports weekend. We will see you same time, same place next week. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a great week.